Howdy and welcome to the Confidence Through Health podcast. I'm Jerry Snyder. As an elite level athlete, owner of All In Health and Wellness, and author of the book Confidence Through Health, my goal is to help you achieve your goals and dreams using health as the conduit to get there. This podcast is brought to you in part by Social Media Cowboys. They are a digital media agency that helps businesses get found online. Websites, social media, AdWords, geofencing, and much, much more. If you need help with online marketing, they are here for your business. Social Media Cowboys, practical solutions for real businesses. All right, so one of the things that, that I find interesting is when people talk about addictions and compare food addictions to drug addictions, because I personally don't believe that food is addictive from the standpoint of um, the way drugs are addictive. Because if you're addicted to cocaine, you're addicted to heroin, every thought is, how am I going to get my next hit, my next supply? But if you're addicted to sugar, not every thought is, how am I going to get my Oreo? How am I going to get my Snickers bar? Um, You know, and so I don't think, I don't, I don't call it an addiction when it comes to food, when it comes to sugar, as a lot of people call, um, you know, and you'll hear scientists, there are studies that show that sugar is more addictive than cocaine, um, I'm glad that they did studies. I mean, I, personally, I think it's a little bit of a waste of money to, in the comparison of that because I think we get too caught up in comparing things instead of saying it's bad for you. It's just flat bad for you. Um, but to go into more detail on the sugar and cocaine thing, so the, the, the reasoning behind it or what they found in the research is that cocaine sets off dopamine in your brain and you know causes you to want that rush that that excitement every time you you use it or you 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 smoke it and so it's like okay i want to do that i want 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 it well then when they tested it with lab rats of course cuz they're not going to do a test i mean i think it's pretty unethical to do a test where you're hooking humans on cocaine to for the test purposes so they're looking at lab rats, and they give them refined processed sugar and cocaine, and which one do they go after? And once they get a sampling of both, you know, the research shows they go after the sugar, and it sets off the dopamine in their brain, um, and so and and it can trigger higher levels of dopamine, and so it's sugar is more addictive than cocaine. That's the, the deduction from the test results. So what I want to challenge you to think about is, is the lab rat going after the sugar because the sugar is a more natural substance that your body is supposed to have in it to process and live off of? Because I'm going to tell you from a healthy perspective, from a what's good for your body perspective, one of the best things that you can eat is a piece of fruit. 
and fruit has sugar. You want to eat that sugar. You want that sugar. Even though that sugar and processed sugar have the exact same chemical makeup, your body processes the sugar from a piece of fruit with the when you're eating the fruit you get the fiber as well it triggers different reaction in your body it processes it differently it uses it differently and in a healthy way processed sugar from say your cookies um, your ice creams those things your body gets the sugar it processes it differently than the fruit sugar and that's when you have issues with you know, diabetes and obesity and things like that that start starting the process when you have too much of that processed sugar in your system and in your diet. So back to the lab rats. The lab rats are off after the sugar and not the cocaine. And so the sugar must be addictive. No, the sugar is what they want because the sugar is processed in their body better by the cells in their body. Your cell doesn't know how to process cocaine. Your cell does not know how to process cocaine. It's not going to use it. Your mitochondria inside your cell are looking for glycogen to use to be able to grow, to be able to fuel your body, to be able to reproduce. It can't do that with cocaine. So, of course, they're both setting off dopamine in your brain. They're both triggering that. But in my mind, the lab rat's going after the sugar because it's going to give them more long-term growth. Their cells say that is more like the thing that I need. It's giving me the exact same dopamine reaction, so I'm going to use that. Which is why when it comes to sugars and you're looking at, do I get my sugar from a fruit or do I get my sugar from a cookie or an ice cream you're getting your sugar from a cookie or an ice cream because it's setting off a little bit more dopamine because of the way it's processed. It gets there quicker because there's no fiber that it has to be processed in your gut. There's nothing else with it. And it's a higher concentration of that sugar than in the pieces of fruit. In most cases, there's a few pieces of fruit there's that are high in sugar concentration, bananas, grapes, but most of them are low in comparison to your cookies and your ice creams and your other really um, sugary substances that are out there. So, so yeah, your brain is saying, I'm getting the same reaction from both, a little bit more concentrated over here because you'll get a lot more, more quickly. The fruit's going to last longer. And so... You're not going to get, yeah, I'll agree, you're not going to get as quick a boost from a piece of fruit as you would from a cookie, as you would from a scoop of ice cream, but you're going to last longer. And I think we all know that. If you go to lunch with, especially in one of the, so pet peeve, if you're out there and you're um, going on a company lunch, if you're a supervisor and you're taking your people in your office to lunch, especially if you travel and you're coming down from, you know, wherever and you come to Podunk USA to take the people in that branch of your business 
for their quarterly or biannually or annually, you know, party with the big boss coming into town type of situation. If you take them out to lunch and you're taking them on a special lunch because they hit some goal, they did some big thing, so it's a nice fancy restaurant and everybody's going to get dessert because the company's paying for it. Don't let everybody get dessert. Don't order dessert because you know what's going to happen? You're going to get back to the office and you're going to try and get something accomplished and two hours later, everybody's going to crash. Everybody's going to be asleep and then they're, or they're going to be stuffing themselves with stuff that they don't need to try and keep awake. Candy bars, chips, coffee, whatever it is. They're trying to keep themselves awake artificially. Instead, you know what you do? You take them to lunch. It's a great lunch. Everything's great. Get them a bowl of fruit. And then, you know what? They're not going to crash. And they're going to work the whole rest of the afternoon, and you're going to get far more accomplished from your trip coming in to do that. So whether it's you're a supervisor or whatever, just like pet peeve, don't order dessert at lunch because you're going to crash, guaranteed, unless you're ordering something that's fresh. Fresh fruit, um, you know, and that's and it's because of the sugar. It's because of the way the sugar's hitting your brain. That dopamine rush is so much your brain goes, we got to use it, got to use it, got to use it, use it, use it, use it, and then it's gone. Whereas with the fruit, you're getting a little, it's like a drip. It's like a constant drip of dopamine through the afternoon. So that's the difference. And that's why, yes, cocaine's bad for you. Yes, heroin's bad for you. From a health perspective, yes, they're horrible for you. They're not doing any good for you. They're addictive, yes. But sugar is not more addictive than cocaine. And when you tell yourself that, because some doctor, some researcher says, oh, be careful of sugar. It's more addictive than cocaine. The problem with that is that now you've told yourself that. And so now you have a self-limiting thought in your brain and that self-limiting thought every time you eat sugar is going to say I'm addicted to this I can't stop and so that's when you go from I just wanted to have one cookie to I've eaten the whole sleeve of cookies because I had one and I tasted it and it was good and Everybody tells me I'm addictive to it because I'm addicted to sugar. So I might as well eat the whole thing until it's gone because I know I'm going to do it anyway. You're not going to do it anyway. You know, and there's a potato chip company. I think we all know who they are. That had a great slogan back in the 80s and 90s. No one can eat just one. Yeah, you can. They did two things to prevent you from being able to only eat one. One is the salt content they put on it. They put so much salt on it that it changed the way that your mouth worked, the way that your taste buds worked, the way your saliva worked, into the point where you were craving putting something else in your mouth. And you can try this. Get one of those chips, eat one, and then drink some water. Drink a glass of water. Guess what? You won't eat another chip. You won't be tempted to eat another chip simply because your mouth is saying, I have to put it in there. But most people won't eat a chip and then a glass of water. So 
that's one reason. But the other reason that you are that 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 it worked for them and it was a massively successful slogan is that they told you you can't do it. They told you you can't do it. It's impossible. You cannot eat just one. And that's a self-limiting thought that gets in your brain. I'm not capable of only eating one chip. So therefore, I must eat more than one chip. And what happens is that compounds and compounds and compounds, and now you're eating the whole bag. And not just the little bag, the little personal bag, the big bags. You're eating the, you know, supposed to be party size, right? It's supposed to feed 15 people or whatever because it's party size. You're eating the whole bag in one sitting because their slogan says you can't just eat one. Now you've ate, what, 50? hundred. I don't know how many are in those bags. I mean, you know, of course they all get broken up, but into little pieces, but you have to be careful about what people, what you're hearing, what you're putting in your brain from a standpoint of expert advice and how they, how they tell you the things that are out there that are happening. Um, you know, and then the other thing is you have to, yeah, when you hear something like that, you have to, to flush it through is this a, a, a never statement? Is this a, a everyone statement? Is this a impossible statement? Meaning that never is a very big word. For something to never happen is a very big word. Saying something that everyone reacts this way is a very big word. Because there's very few things that affect everyone in the same way. Saying something's impossible, outside of a few things from a, you know, the way the world, the laws of physics standpoint, there's very few things that are impossible. So, you know, you have to be careful about what you say, how you say things, um, especially with technology nowadays, because you say something's impossible and two minutes later you find it on the internet and somebody's been doing it for 10 years. So it's, you know... Using words like that, and so when somebody says something like that in a in a marketing strategy or in in a way of presenting information to you, you have to stop and think: Is this always true? And make sure that you're looking through it from a scenario of: Are they trying to market me something because they're good at marketing? They really are, or is this really? A 100%, you know, unbiased opinion that somebody's putting out that's saying we're trying to help people, you know, and that that's where I'm coming from. I'm trying to put out information that just, hey, I'm trying to help you navigate the health world. I'm trying to help you navigate how to live a healthy lifestyle, how to manage what you eat to where it will give you confidence, to where it will get you the success that you want, um, and to where it'll it'll help you live a long, happy life. Because that, if you break down goals for most people, most people want to live a long, healthy life. They want to see their grandkids. They want to see great-grandkids. Um, and not just see them, but they want to see their grandkids, you know, graduate from high school, graduate from college. Those are big milestones. Go to their grand grandkids' weddings. 
those are big milestones that people want to achieve. And unfortunately, with the way that the American society, at least, is is working right now, the chances of those things happening are dropping because of the way that we eat and the way that we take care of our health. Um, and a lot of that comes from how we hear information and how we interpret the information we hear and what we see. So um, I hope that helps you put some perspective on health, on research that comes out, on, on you know when they say things about addictions, when they say things about comparisons. You have to be very careful because, you know, and, and it, especially when it comes to comparisons with food, you have to be very careful and make sure that someone's agenda is coming from the right place because there's a lot of people out there that you would be surprised where their actual loyalties lie and where the research is being funded from companies that are for-profit companies that are trying to make sure that the information is in a way is presented in a way that's going to benefit their, their bottom line, um, you know, for their, their overarching company. So, uh, research is a key. And that's one of the things that I'm, I'm hoping with this podcast, I'm able to present to y'all is some of the research that I've done, some of the things that I've found and sort of take the shortcut out of, um, you having to spend that time doing that. So, uh, if you want to shoot me, you know, comments, I'd love to be able to, to dig into some of the areas that you have questions about. So please reach out and, uh, share those with me and I can address those in future episodes. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for checking out the all in health and wellness confidence through health podcast. Our goal is to use health as a conduit to help you reach your goals in life. 